Welcome. This is Out of the Ordinary Books, where we believe that the books we read help us better understand the lives we lead. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And every week we share an Out of the Ordinary book and how it can help you make sense of your story too. These aren't book reviews or recommendations. These are conversations about some of our best friends, worst enemies, toughest coaches, most passionate lovers, and kindest teachers that line our bookshelves. We hope these conversations help you see the deeper story hidden right in plain sight in your ordinary life, too. Get comfy. Here we go. Well, hello there, friend. It's been a while. I know, like (laughs) six weeks. I can't believe it. Yeah, the August vacation series uh, has ended, and here we are back. I want to say, I almost said in our studio recording, but it's not so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had a fancy studio, but we right. Do not. Actually, I think now you have something better than a fancy podcast recording studio because the view I have now—it's so it's not only your lovely face that I can see here on my monitor. But the background you have now in your office is gorgeous. Tell us about it. I know. I honestly, many times over the last several years, I have pulled up those fake backdrops you can pull up like on Zoom Uh or Skype or whatever. And I always want to get like a wall of bookshelves behind me. And now I have one in real life. And I think one of my favorite comments I got when I shared our bookshelf story on Instagram was from somebody who said to me, oh, those are so beautiful. You could take that photograph and sell that so people could use it as their Zoom background. Oh, (laughs) Lisa Joe, you have arrived. (laughs) When your real office background could be sold as a fake (laughs) Zoom (laughs) It's so funny. I'll have to to add a link in the show notes to my Instagram story where we documented the whole process. Um, But what's been really fun is for a long time, I dreamed of a workspace that was my own. And I think we've talked about that on the show. I'm finally in Mm -hmm. my little writing shed is how I think of it because it was this rundown old shed on our property that we finished the inside. But for a long time, it's just been a white box. It's Mm -hmm. just painted white inside. It has lovely windows and a pretty view of the yard, but it's very white. So sometimes I felt like a mental patient, which feels appropriate, like I'm losing my mind and I'm locked up in a white (laughs) sterile room. (laughs) But um, now we have these bookshelves and a lot of people would ask me, what are you going to do in there? You know, are you going to have additional furniture to your desk. And I would say I'm waiting to build this wall of library bookshelves because it will be an anchor in the space. And then I will figure out what else I want in the space. And for our listeners, I'll describe it. So we have, I think, 10 foot high ceilings in the shed. And uh, it's about 12 feet wide. And the shelves, this library shelves go all the way to the ceiling and almost the entire 12 foot width of the little shed. And they are painted a very bright, bold, almost royal blue. I actually think of it, if you see it in person, it's a little more of a sort of a French provincial blue that you might see, like that peasant blue and yellow colors that tend to Mm -hmm. be from France countryside movies or motifs. And um, 
it turned out in every way how I hoped it would. And now we have collected books, filled it up, and I realized, oh, good, I can buy more books because there's additional space. But it is the strangest thing to be seated here in front of it. And I think, Christy, it is a great way to mark time since we were together We constructed this and painted it, and I feel grounded, and my thoughts feel a little more coherent, uh, having all of my my friends, my book friends, here in one place behind me. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's, I think it's not a coincidence, Lisa Jo, that you tackled this project when you did, um, because I also have been tackling home projects, and I've shared some of that on Instagram as well. So while you were painting this gorgeous royal blue. Um, I've been painting my dining room because of some reorganizing we're doing here. Um, I also have bookshelves in my dining room. So I, I had to take every book off and every object off, paint that and then, you know, handle and think about everything going back on. Is this really the place for it? And um, I, th- I think in times of transition, or as we're, I always think of September as a sort of corner in the year. I actually wrote about that in an essay for Paper and String, um, our little digital care package this month. I think of September as a corner in the year, like a turning. Um, I think in part because I have kids who go back to school, summer ends, and, but it's, it's a turning of the seasons for us. We've, we're just coming out of our, our hiatus, our little vacation series where we got to hear on the podcast from um, other writers, other voices. Um, so we're now turning a corner, heading into something new in a lot of areas, but including the podcast and, and what our conversations will look like going forward. But you can't just, okay, so if you're driving, right, do you take a corner at top speed? <laughs> No. <laughs> Actually, I, I have a vivid memory of being in my driver education class as a, I guess I would have been a 15-year-old in Texas. And I can remember um, being a, a pretty good driver, but struggling through every turn until finally my instructor told me the most obvious but clearly needful advice, which was slow down before you turn. Like slow down significantly (laughs) before you turn. Don't don't think you're going to slow in your turn. Don't wait till you're in your turn to slow. Slow down and then take that turn. And actually, at that point, you take your foot off the brake. You maybe even start up on the gas again, but but you're okay. You're going to be safe because you've already slowed the car down. (laughs) That's such excellent life advice. We tried to do that. Yeah, we tried to do that. We tried to slow down, take some time step back. And it strikes me as very significant that somehow in that process of slowing down, um, preparing for a transition, you and I both began redecorating projects. I know, (laughs) painting. It's funny. I do think we talked about how part of inviting friends to come and read their books on the show was because we think there's something very special about hearing an author read in their own voice. Um, But also it gave Christy and I some time to we hoped to rest. I think we laughed because we both ended up having very busy Augusts. And so if you're listening today and wondering, what's the shape of today? Are you going to introduce a book to us? Like what's happening? What you're going to experience with us today is a bit of what we do with friends who've been here for a long time and are part of the conversation, catch you up on what you missed, you know, when we were out of out of the podcast office for the last six weeks, and then invite you into a little conversation about what comes next. So there won't be just one book today. I am sitting surrounded by a wall of books, <laughs> and it's a good reminder in so many ways as I was putting each book on these shelves of how books have been 
pivotal coaches as I've slowed into a corner is a good way to describe it. Like books have come alongside me and taught me things in my life, taught me things that are meaningful or that have made me laugh or have made me cry. Books have been part of this journey with us for a long time as they are here on the podcast. So today really is a chance to catch up with you guys. And on that note, we are actually going to remind you several times today is we actually want to hear from you in person. Okay. Believe it or not, we're heading into season four of the podcast, hard to believe. And we just realized there's not a very easy way to hear from each of you, to hear you talk back. And we'd like to invite you to do that. And we are going to have a short survey that we link to in the show notes. And we would love if you would take the three minutes it's going to take you. So as long as it takes you to brew a cup of tea (laughs) to (laughs) fill out the survey, because it lets us hear from you because your voices really matter to us as we continue these conversations. So we'll keep peppering that reminder in throughout, but that's what today will look like. It's a chance to catch up, a chance to talk about what comes next, and um, also a chance to talk about how to pick paint colors, because that was a lot of what Christy (laughs) and I have talked about over the last few weeks. That's right. And I'm thinking about, so this podcast survey is sort of a bigger, more ambitious, more serious and more important version of the mini surveys you and I did on our Instagram stories, where we sort of showed people on Instagram the colors that we were uh, trying to to choose amongst for you for your bookshelf and me for the the walls of my dining room. And um, I don't know if I I must have done that because I, I think I was inspired by I had seen you do it first. And so the funny thing is <laughs> that I put all these samples on the wall and then I, I asked people, what do you think? Should I go in this darker, moodier direction in my dining room? And um, the funny thing is I ended up choosing a color that wasn't any of the co- colors that I had shown. Really? Oh, I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I thought it was it, one of the ones that you showed, but it's yeah, that interesting. So yeah. how, tell the people how many colors you showed and kind of what the range were. Right, right. And and I'll say as well, so as I talk more about how this the little this little mini paint survey actually went down, um even though I didn't it's not like oh 60% of people who responded chose this one and that's what I I went with. Even though that's not how it happened, the the asking the question and hearing from people was super helpful. So, yeah, so how it all started is um I I've, I've been sitting I've been walking through the dining room a few times in the summer. And first of all, we don't use our dining room very often in the summer. Um, I think uh, things just get casual in the summer. So we're either sitting around the kitchen table or we're outside. Maybe we have, you know, picnic table outside. So the dining room doesn't get a lot of use in the summer. Um, But I started to anticipate the end of summer here, right? That transition again. And I was remembering how we'll soon be back in the dining room and especially sharing special meals, right? You know, um, Thanksgiving here in the U.S., Christmas, and I was anticipating that. And um, I think it was helping me, you know, transitions are hard. And I was anxious about some aspects of transitioning into fall with my kids and new work projects and so on. And the thought of like anticipating special autumn and winter meals in that room was like a fun, I'm going to say it, distraction in, in, a, in days 
that felt like they were just full of tricky things to figure mm-hmm. out. This felt like something fun to think right. about and something fun and beautiful to anticipate. So I started to picture those meals and I thought, oh gosh, I want this room to feel really rich and beautiful and cozy this year. And I started to think, uh, okay, so my walls right now are really pale, silvery green color, kind of a gray green. Um, and I thought, I want to go dark. I want to go moody. I want to go wintry and cozy. And so I ordered these paint samples in like dark burgundy, rose, maroon kind of colors, put them on the wall. And that's when I reached out. Okay, Instagram. (laughs) And the first question I asked was, should I go, should I take this room dark and moody? And everyone, I mean, all the responses I heard pretty much were yes. And oh, so that was just like a good encouragement that I'm not yeah. crazy. Right. Um, you know, a few people had words of caution, which I completely agreed with. They said, you know, to make the room seem like sort of darker and smaller, do you have a lot of natural light? And I was able to say, actually, I don't. And normally, and that's why the room has been pale for so long, because it doesn't have a ton of natural light. It just faces west. And um, normally I wouldn't, pay, that, that's why it's been pale, because that tends to work better in darker gotcha. rooms. Right. But I thought, you know, when we use this room, we don't use it during the daytime, really. We use it in the evening. We use it when it's already dark. We use it by candlelight. So I thought, yeah, actually, I know it will make it smaller and darker. That's helpful to hear. But that's kind of what I want. Mm. <laughs> I want it to like close in on us a little bit and get that cozy feeling. So that was helpful to hear from everyone. Um, But then, yeah, the colors I was showing, I got a ton of responses. And what I realized is there's no single right answer because it was completely across the board. Some people loved the pink one. Some people loved the red one. Some people loved the more purple one. And it was so evenly split and they were so sweet and encouraging and passionate in their choice that I... I realized, oh, it's it's not right or wrong answer. It's just, what do I want? Do I love pink? Do I love more red? Do I want it to look more brown and, you know, like earthy? Do I want it to be kind of eggplant purple? Like, I get to decide. So then, yeah, I ended up to- choosing a totally different color. I mean, it was related, but it was much pinker. <laughs> so honestly, look at the pillow behind you on your sofa bed. I know, Isn't right? that right? the exact color? <laughs> I realized you literally gravitated to a color you already have in your space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think the survey in that sense was very informative, very helpful. But at the end of the day, it wasn't about just doing what, you know, a majority of people said to do, because there w- there actually wasn't a majority. It just depended. Some people are going to want to live with purple. Some people are going to want to live with pink. Some people, you know, want pale, right? <laughs> it's, it's not, well, yeah, I, it's not I right or wrong thing. People definitely have very strong opinions when it comes to paint colors. And um, they're very passionate about their choices, which makes sense because paint is a personal thing. You're putting it in your space to accomplish a certain feeling. I think that's what paint's about. We might say it's about decor or, you know, how fancy or how casual, but really what we're saying is how we feel because of that paint. So I, who love blue, if you've ever seen any pictures on my Instagram, you know, like my favorite is kind of like a teal color. But I have always dreamed about these blue bookcases. And I have, I'm not on Pinterest very much. I don't enjoy it. But I did get on to just look at people's book bookshelves. Mm-hmm. And I always gravitated toward a brighter blue as opposed to sort of a more gray, you know, black blue. 
I like all of them. So from the beginning, I knew no matter what blue it ends up being, I'll love it. I know that I would. Like if someone gifted me sort of dark, moody, ocean storm blue bookshelves, I would love them. They would be amazing. But if I get to pick, (laughs) I want more of a Provence blue that feels upbeat and sunny. And it's interesting, Christy, that both of us were painting uh, when we were in our own lives, I think trying to sidestep something painful like, or yeah. that we weren't looking forward to because right. I've had some of that going on in my life too. And there was something about, I will, I'll just say some props to my family. We built these bookshelves from scratch. Yeah. We didn't hire yeah. any help. We, I picked lumber out at Lowe's, Christy, things I have never done. And our amazing friend, Kelly Shank, who was at the Out of the Ordinary um, live podcast event uh, two years ago now uh, at the barn. She helped there. She came and helped me with this. And she said, you have to pick your own lumber. I thought we'd just get online and order it and then drive up and pick it up. And she said, no, 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 you have to pick it. You have to make sure there's not chips or knots or that there isn't a warp in the board. So we picked lumber plank by plank. We brought it home and then wow. we waited like five weeks before she could come again. And then she drew up a tiny sketch. She did what she calls wood math, where she figured out the dimensions and the shelving. And then she brought, she literally arrived like a Home Depot. She unloaded out of her oh. truck. I mean, not one, but three different saws. Wow. You know, a, a giant nail gun, like the big one that shoots big nails that are like four inches long. And then a, a smaller nail gun for like trim and things like that. She, I've never seen that many power tools on, a, on one single person. She is calm and kind and all day, she helped us build and assemble these shelves that are behind me. I My back hurt so bad. Peter and I were just like in so much pain. But Kelly is just, there are some people who when you're in their presence, there's just a peace that comes into the room. But in addition to that, a, a, a kind of delight and joy, like we're going to do it. And we built from eight in the morning. We finished finally at eight at night. I mean, this is a heavy wood. We built these things. And when it got really high, like it's like 10 feet above us, you know, we're on these giant ladders and still on tippy toes holding these planks up while she's wow. shooting this nail gun. I mean, I it was terrifying. It, it made the noise of an actual gun. And I kept, I really prayed, I interceded that the Lord would not let anybody get shot with that nail gun because yeah. you're trying to shoot it through, you know, a two-inch board and you want to make sure you don't miss, that you yeah. go in the right place. So at oh. 8 o'clock at night, we finally finished building and took a break for dinner and then started painting. And uh, we ran out of paint halfway. I rushed to Lowe's at 9.30 at night before it closed at 10. I talked to Keith, the paint guy, showed him pictures of what we were doing as he was mixing <laughs> my color and came back home. And and so there it all is. Just to give you a sense, we use a paint sprayer. I've never used one of those before where you put the paint in and it's kind of like a vacuum cleaner in reverse. It sprays the paint. We did two coats of paint and finished at 11.30 at night. And... And I just am sitting in front of them now, and they bring me such joy, but I had some anxiety as we were painting, and I just saw all of this blue going on. Because when I put up the paint colors I was choosing, I had a dark, moody, gray blue, and then I had a blue that I call like a bright pop of color, is how I described it, that I love. And I'm just going to read you five of the, I'm not joking, hundreds and hundreds of responses I got. (laughs) from people who not just disliked, like hated the bright blue that I chose. It's not not like a bright blue, like a light bright. It's like a dark, royal, bright blue. Okay, here are a few of the responses. 
Personally, the second blue is a little too preschool primary color vibe. Someone else said, I painted our bathroom that color, and now it looks like we live in an Ikea. (laughs) Someone else said, you will regret that much pop, my friend. That's a big wall. That's a whole lot of pop. (laughs) Someone else said, it seems more like a shock of blue than a pop, unless you mean like a Pepsi blue. And someone else said, I've painted a blue like that and regretted it. If you don't work at Sesame Street, then pass on that color. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. I am old enough now that I am learning to pay closer attention to the voice inside my head than the voices outside of me. And I just was convinced, along with my 10-year-old daughter, who never wavered, she was always convinced that the bright blue was the one we should go. I read her some of those comments, and she was absolutely horrified. She still Aww. talks about it. I cannot believe people said things like that to you. <laughs> but I really wasn't offended. There was some delight and humor in those comments. Yeah. None of them were said in ill will. All of that to say I chose the brighter blue. And it has brought me an immense degree of joy, so much joy. But it was helpful listening to what other people said because I realized, oh, I don't actually want it to be dark and moody in here. I don't want it to look like, um, you know, sort of a formal dining area. Like the examples people were sending me, this is my office space. I spend hours in here. I also knew the shelves would be lined with books that would have their own color that they would bring to the space. And um, I think that's part of what we're doing today when we invite you guys to respond in the survey when you are deciding about where you go, sometimes it's clarifying to hear from those who who are love you, who are in the journey with mm-hmm. you, who yeah. are invested, who have a stake in what you're doing. And we just can't believe you guys have been listening for nearly four years now. It just is astonishing to us. And part of what we think, I think about this, Christy, when you during COVID were rearranging your dining room to suit more of a homeschool space, you were were thinking to yourself, how do I make this space useful? Now you're doing the same thing as you think about transitioning to kids being out of the house again, and now we're going to use it for eating again. And for me, when I think about this office space, it needs to be useful. It needs to be comforting. It needs to serve well. Well, we want the podcast to continue doing that as well. We want it to serve well. We want it to be useful. We want it to be helpful. We have a lot of ideas about what that looks like, but it's fun to hear from you, the listener, who we're trying to serve well. So the survey is your chance to come and tell us what shade of paint you think (laughs) you'd recommend for the podcast. And we might end up just going our own way anyway. (laughs) But your, your input is really helpful as we pray about this next season that we have some really good thoughts about. But man, it, it'd be fun to get your paint color suggestions too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm just remembering, I, I also asked my family, you know, actually one evening as we sat around the dining room table, I told the kids and told Jonathan, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you all think? Should I, should I change it? And I described what I was imagining. And... um John and three of my children uh, had nothing to say. They didn't care. <laughs> um, but my oldest, my daughter, was pretty passionately against it. Really? Um, and yeah. She 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 was like, "Oh no, I like this. I don't think you should change it." Um, and I was I was worried about that because I didn't I didn't want to just. I mean, the house is my mine to care for more than hers, mm-hmm. but it's her home too, and. The effect I wanted was something I hoped would be appreciated by everyone, even if right. they hadn't 
sought it out or chosen it. So I was a little nervous, even though I trust my decorating. I have more years of experience, you know, choosing paint colors. So I I trust that over, you know, my teenager. But I was concerned. I, I didn't want her to hate it. And I didn't want her to feel like I had asked for her opinion and then hadn't listened or had just done it my way anyway and kind of mm-hmm. bulldozed her voice mm-hmm. and um, so I was nervous about that and it wasn't fully resolved in my mind but I I went forward made the change and Lisa Joe since then she ha- she keeps telling me almost every time she walks in there oh mom you were right this oh, is so much prettier <laughs> oh that's so fun <laughs> and she'll say I didn't I didn't think I would like it I didn't think it needed to change so we even got to celebrate her birthday recently in in the dining room, and I thought it was really beautiful, and I was so relieved and and just kind of extra glad that she felt the same. And that was not a guaranteed outcome, but it sure felt good. So Lisa Joe, as I think about transitions, as I think about turning corners, as I think about taking risks, mm-hmm. right? Like this, mm-hmm. this actually felt more than normal for me. This this was a big risk because we have a lot going on right now. Mm. I'll be honest. There's a lot of other things on our minds, a lot of obligations. Uh, My husband's really busy. You know, kids, of course, heading into a busier season. And I was asking my husband, really, because we did it. I was asking him to, to spend a big chunk of time making a change that we didn't have to do. There was nothing wrong. And I even said to him, I know they say if it's not broke, don't fix it. And mm. I'm kind of ask, asking you to fix a not broken thing because the dining room is fine. It doesn't have to be painted. And so I asked myself questions like, am I just doing, am I just doing this to distract myself in an unhealthy way? Hmm. But as I pondered it, I felt like no, I'm not. This is an aspect of ordinary life, ordinary living, my ordinary home where I get to have some fun. I get to feel some creative energy. I'm someone personally who's really fueled by beauty and by color and the colors I love. It's why I garden, right? I I literally want to grow color. It's why I tend to grow flowers (laughs) rather than vegetables. I want to grow color. Um, And so I felt like, no, this is in a, in a, in a life right now that isn't, I mean, we're not like in some season of suffering or um, excessive anything. It's just ordinary life. It's just some of the changes and bumps and new things and obligations that come with just living life as a human in a family in a place, yeah. right? And I felt like, no, this is this is an area of life right now, of ordinary life, where I can make a choice and see, you know, take joy and um, lean into that side of me that loves placemaking and loves color. And and that's why I went for it. But I kept, I was nervous enough that I kept sort of talking, you know, talking to my daughter. Well, I think I'm going to do it anyway. Talking to my husband, like, hey, are you going to be okay if I don't like it? <laughs> like, oh, are you going to be okay yes, if we spend yes. money on paint and do the time and I don't like it? And he, I felt like I needed his reassurance ahead of time because I kept telling 
telling him, usually I'm really confident mm. in my decorating choices. And this time I wasn't. It, it felt uncertain. The outcome felt uncertain. I feel very, <laughs> that's very affirming to hear because I don't ever think of you that way. And I felt the same. So even though I was sure about this color, yeah. it was so much work building these bookshelves. Like, yeah. we, it was exhausting and it was, it's, it's massive. And as we were building it, my teenage sons who were helping kept saying, wow, it's really big, mom. It's really, everyone kept saying, it's really big. I'm like, what do you think the words library bookshelves mean? Like, of course it's really big. Like, but I don't think anybody else had imagined how I had like always known I wanted a full wall. And then when we started painting, I was like, oh my gosh, it's so much blue. It's so much blue. And I was so nervous. Like I felt like, and I felt like I couldn't verbalize oh no, I'm really worried about this blue because everybody's yeah. so committed at that point. Yeah, and working and so hard. <laughs> I know. And I just, I did step sideways to Peter and be like, I mean, it's, it is okay, right? Like, do you like it? Like what? And he just said, honey, like at the end, if you don't like it, it's just paint. Like we'll just buy some more and go over it. But I think uh, it, it looks job, great. Peter. <laughs> and when it was finished that that next day, because we painted until like midnight and it was all draped with like painter's tape and uh, plastic sheeting everywhere because the sprayer sprayed blue. We were like Smurfs for a while after that. <laughs> um, but my teenage son the next night came in and looked at it and he just was like, whoa, whoa, mom, mom, this looks amazing. I think he might have said something like it's really lit or it looks so Gucci or I don't know, whatever <laughs> right. slang word teenagers use but but it took it actually took him by surprise he was impacted by it and my other team came in and said oh it, it looks really good like i i didn't know and of course and then that's the worst part afterwards everybody tells you like i wasn't sure i don't know it looked really big <laughs> you know but now they can tell you it looks okay but it was just it was nice to realize you have doubts sometimes. It's sometimes you really do need to hear from people like, am I okay? Does this look okay? You need to have permission that if it's not okay, you know, you can change it if you want to. And it's good to do it in community. Like it's fun to feel mm -hmm. like you're not alone when you take on a project like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kept thinking of you as we painted and, um, you know, it was the Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. and, you know, perfect time really to be laboring in our homes. And I, it, it was fun for me to think, Lisa, she was painting right now too. Like right. she's doing this right now too. Even though we weren't together, it felt like we were, there was some, yeah, friendship, solidarity there. <laughs> it was, it was. And I think that's how the podcast has felt all these years. And I think that's how we feel about you listening. We just love that we've done this with you. We love what we're creating together. And we'd love to hear from you. What does it look like to pick a paint color for the podcast? You know, how has the podcast brought you joy the way paint does? How has it felt? How's it made you feel? You know, how has it met you? How has it brought something fresh and beautiful to your everyday the way Christy and I's walls and bookshelf do now? So the survey will be um, linked in the show notes. And if you take the time to to connect with us that way, it'd be very meaningful for us to feel like this thing we've been painting for years and building and looking at and hoping is giving you the feeling we want you to have here at the podcast isn't doing that, you know? And and then, you know, what are some new fresh ways we might consider as we move forward? It'd be fun before we share our ideas, and we have some, we want to hear from you. And so thank you in advance for taking time to come and weigh in on uh, the shade of color for the Out of the Ordinary Books podcast. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's conversation, won't you take a moment right now, open up that podcast app and look for the subscribe button right next to our podcast 
profile image. And we think this podcast is best enjoyed with friends. So tell a friend, click share episode in your podcast app and send a friend our link. 